Time for 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is not the typical day for the John and Wade show, but this guy next to me has traveled the seven seas, and he (laughs) has found his way back to us. Wayne, how you feeling, man? We've been rolling, rolling, rolling. (laughs) What's going on, Jay? Hey, man, I missed you in Santa Clara last week. Yeah, I it, it's it's a big regret already of mine and what makes it even worse is I'm not going to be making it out this week but I know you're holding it down. I know you Nick and Vicky uh and the East Coast faithful y'all going to be partying. I freaking love it. And you know, I, I do wish I could be there. I really really do. But the silver linings is mm-hmm. You got everything on lockdown. You're taking care of the faithful. That's what's up. There's all kinds of events this week out in Philly. Uh, There's amazing tailgates. There's the 49ers official kind of get-together, the invasion. Not that they need our help promoting it, uh, but they're going to be out at the um, Victory Beer Garden at Xfinity Live on Saturday from 11 to 3 p.m., so make sure you make a stop at that. Uh, And there's lots of tailgates already being put out there on Facebook and Instagram. I'm trying to retweet everything I can. I have no affiliation with any of these things, but I just want the faithful to get together and have a good time and celebrate as we go into Philly and get that W. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what's up. And just um, to let you know, on Sunday, I'll be at the Philly Takeover Tailgate Party. All right. Uh, that is sponsored by Gobar. It's going to be on 3121 South Lawrence Street in Philadelphia, PA. Uh, that's going to be the 717 uh, Empire Faithfuls, the Niner Empire Faithfuls chapter out there, the 717. So that's who I'll be rocking with on Sunday. Uh, and make sure you guys get your tickets. I believe they're $40. And if you need parking, they have limited spaces available. So you got to get that stuff in right now. Uh, and, and you know, hit me up, DM me, and I'll get you all the information. But we, we're gonna, have and a I'll say this last time I went to Philly week two last year, which we're going to talk about. This is the tailgate I went to, and it was incredible. It's all Niners fans, and it's removed from the traditional just it's walking distance to the stadium, but you're surrounded by faithful, it's safe. It's incredible. They throw a great party. Um, strongly recommend. Again, they're not paying me anything. They don't even know who I am, probably. Uh, but but um, they know who John it's, is. it's a good place to be. Wayne's going to be there. And if you see Wayne, you got to take a picture with him. Uh, that's what's up. So that's where that's going to be at, uh, Kimbro. Now, without further ado, we got to talk about this week. We got to talk a little bit about last week because we haven't talked. No, we have Cowboys matchup. So it's weird. Man, we we did two shows, and I'm going to be on Wayne's show tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. um, 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11 his time, East Coasters. And, man, I okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to pull a receipt here. I came up pretty fired up about Dak Prescott. I, I don't know if you remember, Wayne, somebody came on your show and said that their offense was similar to the Chiefs, the Cowboys, compare them, and I, I, did, I, I was very upset. <laughs> I was very, very upset. Very upset. You were so upset that everybody wanted to see you do on my show. Oh. So get your get your rant ready for tomorrow. Uh, All right. You're going to get a 10-minute rant because people want to see that. You were pissed but, off. 
I'll say this though, like I have so much more respect for Philly than I do Dallas. I just I, I that's no what it was. I was. I was trying to explain to the people like they were like, why were you more like why are you more when more nervous about the Cowboys? And it was it's not that I was nervous. I just don't like when we play them. I want to beat them every single time, right? And and because of the history of the two teams, it just makes me uneasy. It makes right. me a little bit uneasy. And so uh, I feel like the Niners now, though, the more dominant team, no matter what they try to throw at the 49ers, as long as they got Dak Prescott as their quarterback, the 49ers know how to counter it. Yeah, no worries. No worries whatsoever. You, you, the funny thing is they're keeping – the worst coach on their roster, and they're going to be losing Dan Quinn and possibly Kellen Moore, which is hilarious. Um, and, yeah, I, I like this. Now, this is one thing I want to talk about. I got a question from Timothy um, on Twitter, and it kind of goes with what Phil's saying here as well in the comments. Um, he, Timothy said this, and I want to bridge it to what Phil's saying. And Phil said, I love how the mainstream media gives us no-shot underdog motivation, but Timothy wanted to approach it from a quarterback perspective. Brock Purdy's getting no love out there. Mm-hmm. And Timothy says this, is it just me? It doesn't seem like whoever the quarterback for the 49ers are, they get no recognition, they get no respect. Whether that's Jimmy G, you can go back to Colin Kaepernick, but mostly under this shed-hand era, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, Nick Bolins, Jimmy G. Why is it, is it a Shanahan thing? Why are, no matter who the quarterback is, no matter how many games they win, why is no one giving credit to the quarterbacks under the Kyle Shanahan regime? I, I just don't understand. That's a great question, bro. I, I think it's because there has not been a quarterback, Joe Montana, Steve Young-esque, right? And so, like, the closest we had, and he was different, was Jeff Garcia, right? Mm-hmm. And so then you got Colin Kaepernick, was which was a different dynamic, but – he it's like a he was like a shot of energy and it was good until the shot wore off and then all of a sudden he crashed hard right and then I, his situation changed up how people view 49ers so the the quarterback situation so it's just like the the quarterback situation is cursed which is cool because now we're getting back to that like and I know Brock's not going to play with a monkey on his back cuz there's no he hasn't been here before Whereas Steve Young's been in the league, he was hiding behind Joe Montana. But Brock is definitely going to be playing with the chip on his shoulder, which is even worse than a monkey on their back, right? Because you're <laughs> talking about a person that's been they've been they've been putting you down, they've been downgrading you since the day he was born, right? Oh, you can't play quarterback, can't do this, too short, too that, blah blah blah, whatever, whatever. And so Brock is playing with that chip. And so you know, I did a show yesterday. Uh, called the underdogs. It's so funny that he said that because that's who the 49ers will remain, even if they win the Super Bowl. I guarantee you they're going to the next season underdogs. I, I can't figure it out. But uh, the disrespect is real, uh, and it's time for Kyle Shanahan to put up and sh- or shut up. I-, I think that's what it comes down to. And uh, I believe he's been holding kitchen sinks, and he's been holding th- different things, and the Eagles aren't going to know what's going to hit him. I, I, I guarantee you the Eagles won't know what's going to hit them from Kyle Shanahan. I love it. I love it. Shot Jay, he kind of adds to it. He says, it slays me how it's always our system that makes the quarterback, um, even though the vast majority of teams run the same system. Yeah, you got Jets. You got Minnesota. You've got um, Miami. I mean, there's lots of Cleveland. So many teams are running the same system. Only difference is 48 hours are doing it better. Mm-hmm. And so that now – 
imagine this. This goes back to Timothy's comment. This is not coming from me. Imagine if the Cowboys had a quarterback doing exactly what Brock Purdy's doing right now. Like, what would the narrative be, right? Oh, Brock Mania taking the league by storm. Bro, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Nick Foles, John. <laughs> the, the, who the hell is Nick Foles? They was calling him Nick Foley. Getting back yeah. to my wrestling. But they were bigging up Nick Foles, a backup that came out of nowhere. He was terrible before wherever he was. I forget it was Jacksonville or something. Wherever he was, he was horrible. And then he comes with the Eagles, and he wins the Super Bowl. And then after that, he goes off into the Red Sea somewhere. He's like tra- trash again. Like I, like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And And guess what? The Eagles are running that same system, right? And no one's complaining about their system that they're running. They're running RPO, 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 RPO. I'm trying to think of something else that they might run. RPO, maybe a play action <laughs> pass. RPO, RPO. Like that's that's the system. And now they just have a, a a good piece running it. You know, it's so funny because that's how Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. It's like Tom yeah. Brady didn't know what hit him. They couldn't defend yeah. the RPO. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, Big Papa, what's up, man? He says the cutback crew, Coach Ant, uh, he had a great breakdown today on the five areas the 40 could exploit. Love what the cutback crew does. They're on our Patreon channel. Um, all their previews, all that stuff we got over there as well. But support them. Wherever you listen to shows, check out Cutback Crew. But more importantly, check out The Way Breezy, man. It's in the link of this description. Whether you're watching, whether you're listening, whether you downloaded live, Go support this man. I'm going to be on a show tomorrow morning. Now, before we get off this Purdy conversation, one of my favorite clips this week was from Kyle Shanahan talking about how Brock Purdy finally, this is the first time he said this, mm. finally has the playbook down. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was. I think he's been pretty fluid um, from the beginning, but, I mean, it gets easier and easier each week. Um, you know, Brock has, there's lots of times that the headset will cut off and, um, there's a number of times we don't have to use a timeout and stuff because he's got a lot of those plays memorized anyways. Um, I think he gets better at anticipating the calls that I'm going to do. So once he starts to hear a formation, I'm going to always finish it, but he's already walking to the huddle, kind of finishing what I'm saying. So um, he was good from the beginning, and he's only getting better at it. That's the thing. What if – let's play what if. What if? What if Brock Purdy isn't what he is? What if he, like, he's only played seven games, and I get it. That's a legit criticism. But what if there's more? You know what I mean? What if he's icebergging this bad boy? Like, we've only seen, like, the top 10%, but there's a lot more underwater that hasn't been unearthed yet. And the fact that he is just now, just now, learning the playbook, could he play better? Now, last week he didn't throw any touchdowns or interceptions, so definitely not his best game. Mm Mm-mm. Not what do you expect? because of the way that because of the exotic looks he was seeing. So, right. so like people keep forgetting that, like, and, and a lot of people want to blame the offensive line. I, I would think the offensive line didn't play their best, but they were it was numbers again, like they were yeah. sending people left and right, right? So, five were, on five every freaking play, man. It's <laughs> five on five every freaking play. No other offense goes through that, none. I, 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 so, so I, I need people to understand, like, and and then Brock. He escaped a couple of sacks, had a couple of throwaways, had a couple a lot of incomplete passes. He had 10, 10, 10 incomplete passes, right? Still think that's a lot. 29 passes, in my opinion, is a lot for Brock. I like what you said about Kyle Shanahan saying that he learned he, he knows the playbook. I think he's it's not just that he knows it. I think it's more like he's getting more comfortable with it, mm-hmm. getting more comfortable with now. 
we may, for the first time, see a quarterback change up something. Like, I don't think I've ever seen it under Kyle Shanahan. So so if, if it seems like Kyle is super confident in Brock, and Brock is super confident in Kyle. That's crazy. And so Brock's not intimidated by his coach. Brock's not, you know, but but he still he still recognizes him as the coach. Every presser, what does Brock says? Kyle calls amazing plays. I just have to execute them. This is like these are the things you're getting from this young 20, what is he 23? 23 year old. 23 just turned 23. Just turned 23. 23 year old kid that isn't even supposed to be playing in the NFL right now. Let's just keep it a buck. 49ers took a chance on him and they saw something in him that no one else saw. Ha 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 league. And and they have they got a winner in Brock, literally, because he hasn't lost a game. So literally, he's a winner, like literally. And so, like, love it. when you look at Brock, it's like, all right, it's not about which Brock are we gonna get. It's which Brock is going to adjust to whatever this team throws at him this week. Because every week it's something different, John. And every week he finds a way. I, I don't care if he didn't throw a touchdown pass in the Dallas Cowboy game. You know what he did? He had a seven-minute, eight-minute drive. To I love it, man. It, when he showed up when Brock, whenever Dak kind of shrunk, right? That's the idea. <laughs> he like showed that. up. Dak left. What's up, Sin? Love to see it. We got a gift from AK. What's up? He says, Hertz is not a good second-half quarterback. This year, he struggled in the second half. Did the same thing against Purdy in the Oklahoma-Iowa State game. I love that comment. These two guys have history. They played mm-hmm. against each other before, and they're both young. Hertz is 24 um, with change. Purdy's just now 23. Um, I-, I love it. And, yeah, Sonia. What's up, Sonia? She says, guess when the 49ers play their best? Second half. Yeah. You keep if that game is close into halftime. If that game is close, I'm telling you right now, man. Now oh, it's a wrap. But it's not, not it, it's not it's not that they play. How can I say this? It's not that they just play their best. Like the all right. So let me just explain how the 49ers defense is built. All right. It's built to win. And so go into a different sport, go into boxing. All right. I'm going to give you to me the greatest heavyweight fighter of my time. A lot of people going to say it's Muhammad Ali. Fine. That's cool. But of my time, it was Mike Tyson. And he fought one way, one way. He never, he was never a boxer. He was a brawler. He will knock you out if you get caught slipping. Literally. And so that's not the 49ers defense. They're actually built to be durable to withstand uppercuts to withstand i'm going to street fighter mode strong punches (laughs) 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 so they're with they're able to withstand that what they do best in my opinion is not that they get better they adjust so then they go i don't know what type of film they watch during halftime i don't even it's like 12 minutes so they go into the locker room, they eat their bananas, and they sit there and they adjust. They tell themselves that, all right, guys, they done threw everything at us. Because, John, in a game plan, usually you see all the stuff you're going to see, usually in the first half. Right? From a coach's perspective. I'm asking yes. you because you're a coach. No, 100%. 100%. And so that's and- why they're able to adjust. Oh, they gave us everything they got. Cool. Now we could put on our big boy pants 
and go out there and give them something they haven't seen. I'm sitting here talking to Johnny Dell today. Guys, I encourage you guys to reach out to Johnny and just have a conversation. I I promise you that shit won't be normal. And so when you talk to him, he is going to talk to you as he is a coach and and not a regular coach either. Not like me, the the coach that's going to just run a position. No, 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 no. He knows all the positions. He knows where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be, how they're supposed to be, what they can do if they throw this one formation out. They got seven plays they can run out of this one formation. If this person does that, then this person does that. How the offensive Philly is going to react off how the defense. I was like, dude, stop. I'm good. I just think that the defense is going to punch them in the mouth. I don't care what you say. <laughs> I don't care what they do. Defense is going to find a way to punch back. And that's what the defense does best. So if you want to attest to that, saying that it's, they get better in the second half, cool. To me, they just adjust. And when they yeah. click the button, good luck. I call it click <laughs> My favorite thing about it is you have Shanahan, who's nominated for coach of the year. You have Tamiko mm. Ryan, that's nominated for assistant of the year. So you're leading the offense defense. It's both in. It's complimentary football, right? Mm. So they could you could go through bumps. That's okay. You're gonna come out the other side. I want to say thank you to Baracko Niner. Appreciate the gift of the super chat. He says, How um are we the most hated team? We never deemed ourselves America's team. That's a reason to hate Dallas. Uh, yeah, <laughs> five rings 25 years ago. It's weird how it's worked, but a lot of it has to do with who you're scared of. The 49ers are scary. That's the point. It's it's if you're a 49er fan and and you were born in the 80s when you were winning, and then in the 90s when you just couldn't beat a team, like that's why they're the most hated team for the from a 49er standpoint. I think from a 49ers fan standpoint. And And it doesn't make sense what they're doing. No. not at all. Nobody wins with their third string quarterback. Nobody wins with a seven round rookie. Nobody does that. This is the best defense in a decade. Nobody else has been first in points and first in yards with backup corners and young players out there and whatever else. It's different. And so people see what the 49ers are doing, and it's just like they win no matter what. This is our third NFC championship in four years. That's more. The Eagles have been to, I think, like uh, they've been to quite a few championships, but like. We've been to the most championships of any team. 18. Next closest is 15. Uh, Sorry, Steelers 16. So I get it. I get it. I, I understand the hate. And people like Wayne and I, I think that we're nice people. But if you want to have a conversation about our team and try to, like, come out, like, demeaning, oh, oh man, it's, it's, on. it's on. Not that, like, it's going to come to blows or anything, but I hate to say this. I'm smarter than a lot of people. And so if you want to try to have an insult conversation about our teams, I want to make you look stupid. You're uh, it's just kind of than people, and I'm louder. So I don't you're not going to get the us. <laughs> louder wins sometimes. Corey Robbins. <laughs> Uh, appreciate you so much for the super chat, man. Your generosity, uh, absolutely incredible. Thank you so much. He says, thanks for the great content. Sorry for canceling on your tailgate party for the wild card game. Hey, stuff happens yeah, and it was a freaking downpour and that's okay. Uh, next time, as long as we promise we get to hang out at some point in the future, which let's be real. I've been on the phone all day, all day. I'm not doing the Philly trip. A lot of it was, I don't think people understand the amount of money it costs to throw these parties in different cities adds up a lot. Um, and so I wanted to try to push all my chips into the Super Bowl party. And so uh, we're planning not one, not two, 
but three parties in the Super Bowl when the 49ers win this week. And I'm very confident. I'm very confident. Is there a possibility the 49ers lose? Sure. But that's not how I live my life. And so we are we are working, and even for those that maybe can't afford tickets, we're even organizing a watch party. So if you want to come to Arizona to be around all of the festivities, I've got a player's Rolodex that is thick <laughs> um, of players. We're trying to get out the day of the game, and we're trying to piggyback off some other events, some big-time names. I'm just saying, some Hall of Fame names we're trying to get out. I can't disclose all the names right now, but if you're coming out, we're going to be throwing parties, parties, parties. Uh, that's what I got to say. So thank you, Corey. Appreciate the gift and look forward to hanging out in the future. Uh, Raymond, what's up, man? Thank you for the super chat. He says, all analysts keep saying we haven't seen a team like the Eagles. But they haven't seen a team like us either. It will be close, but I think we have some advantages and can win this game. It's going to be physical. Everybody wants to put themselves in kind of the first person, you know, Eagles or Cowboys or whatever. That's cool. That's cool. Eagles haven't played anybody like us at all. They've not played against a defense as good as ours. And they haven't even played against an offense that can run multiple different types of plays out of certain formations. Like, and then look, if you go player for player, like I feel like the 49ers still have a better offensive mindset. I think what gives the Eagles the advantage, maybe be the center to quarterback exchange. I think that's the difference. Mm -hmm. Uh, on offense, you got the center and the quarterback. You got an all-pro center. You got a, a MVP candidate at quarterback. You got a, a, a first-year starting center and a third-string quarterback. And I tell you what, you got number one going against number two. How ironic is this? How is it that – and don't say, oh, it's just the system – no, Brock is making plays in this system. It's not like the stuff he drops back and the heavens and the hells of the gates open up and it's just, ah, and God says, here, throw this pet. No, sorry, Siri, wasn't talking to you. But that that's what happened. <laughs> like, Brock, this pressure, I'm, he's rolling to the left. He's rolling, he needs to roll to the right more, but he's rolling to the left, and he spins, and the next thing you know, he's getting the ball out of bounds if there's nobody out there. He's taking off and running, we've seen in the last game. Brock's extending plays, finding ways to make plays on his leg with his legs. So it's not like it's all peachy and creamy for Brock. Brock is out there in okay. the freaking storm, bro. He's, he's weathering the storm. Yeah, shout out to Clayton, the man behind the scenes. He's running the show very, very well. Uh, I want to get to this comment from Raymond, the second one, here in a second, but I want to play a clip from Kyle Shanahan real quick. This was Kyle Shanahan's assessment of how Brock Purdy played collectively against the Dallas Cowboys because I think it backs up exactly what Wayne just said. I mean, he made a number of plays today. I mean, that not, not, by no means was anything perfect um, for the whole offense and for the whole team, but um, – seemed like playoff football in that game. I mean, we were going against the team and just watching them all week. We, we had a feeling it was going to be this type of game, and that's why we were stressing the run game on both sides and stressing to protect the ball and try to get turnovers, and we accomplished both of those things. And you do that stuff, you still got to make a number of plays. And, I mean, you saw how many George made today, and um, it was awesome. tough to do those without the quarterback. So he made some big-time plays too. I love it. I love it. Now, I, I don't know if people uh, behind the scenes know my my mouse batteries died, and so I could see Wade and Clayton like look at me like, "What's this dude doing? He's running around like crazy." My mouse, my mouse batteries died in the middle of the show. How unprofessional, man! So I'm over here running around getting batteries and changing stuff out, whatever else. Uh, so let's get to this comment from Raymond. I love it. He says again, "Thank you so much for your super chat contribution, generosity. Thank you." 
another thing no one's talking about is how we have experience that matters and will be at the game. I live in New York and will be representing the faithful. Ooh, I love it. I love it. I love mm-hmm. people that travel, man. I love people that travel. I, too. Oh. I, I need every, like I was looking at the ticket sales and, and apparently, you know, all right. So let me just, let me just tell it like it is. Right. So like, it's it's a lot more Philly. It's like it's a it's it's Philly big time at this game. And the, and the main reasons why is because the tickets are just like they're starting at like a thousand dollars. Like when I mean, you might find a standing room ticket for like nine hundred, but that's ridiculous. I get it. It's the NFC Championship game, but come on, NFL. But it's not the NFL. It's it's the state. It's the team. Like it's the yeah. team. It's the stadium. And it's these uh it's these uh long time season ticket holders that's trying to make some bank, and they don't want us there because they already know when the faithful travel. So to the thirty to forty percent of the faithful that's going to fulfill this stadium, I'm challenge you to wear red. I know yes. that our team is wearing white. We're the red. I promise you we're going to make a statement. Yeah, because the Eagles fans, a lot of them wear their white jerseys. Red contrast, obviously, against green. They're composite colors. Check that out. Uh, Wear red. It will show out more. And speaking of showing out, our boy from New Jersey. What's up, Nicholas Parra in the house? (laughs) Love this man. He says, what's up, brothers and 49ers faithful family? We are in the final four again. How can you not love this team? That's the thing. Okay, the 49ers have made the NFC Championship three out of four times, right? Well, guess what? I went back and started doing some research. Did you know this is not the first time they've done that? It's not the second time they've done that. It's not the third time they've done that. They've done this four times. In fact, they've had three separate occasions that they've made the NFC Championship three consecutive times in a row. 88, 89, 90, 92, 93, 94, 2011, 12, 13. This is a first class organization, top to bottom, and it's it's expected. The gold standard, baby. That that's what this team is. Now you got to cash in. You know, Wayne alluded to this earlier. We we've been close, been close, been close. I'm tired of close. Yeah, I'm tired of close. Well, here's the thing. Kyle Shanahan's tired of close. And the only thing that separated Kyle Shanahan from a Super Bowl victory, I would say two, and his tenure out of these six years he's been here, is the quarterback. And it's unfortunate that we're dealing with a a rookie that's going to be. But hey, we were. I, I don't know about you, John, but like I, before Trey Lance got injured, I thought Trey Lance would be in the same spot. I know people might not think it now, but I know I was picking us to be in the playoffs in this situation. I felt like Trey Lance could get us to the playoffs because the team is built to win, right? And so now the players, the players, Trent Williams himself is coming out saying, <laughs> "Y'all think y'all gonna get it twisted if you want to? We coming out here to win this ring," and. I don't know. And there's Barack. Look at that. Barack O'Niner right there. He says, you see what Trent said? He said, everyone in the locker room is uh, highly hungry for that ring. That is correct, man. Perfect timing. Good job, Clayton. Good job, Clayton. Too funny, right? And and when you look at the team, and you look at what the team is doing, you look at how they're, you know, they're kind of like owning in. A lot of injuries are starting to pop up. You're not really hearing much about Philly. This is all part of Kyle Shannon plan, right? Like it's all part of his whole way of kind of like trying to get into the psychosis of the of the of the of the Eagles. And I think that's what the Niners do. I don't think, first of all, a lot of people don't factor in coaching. And when I talk about coaching, I'm talking about Kyle Shanahan is probably 
should be the best coach in the NFL, like hands down. Like he's the best, mainly because of what he's doing with what he has. And I don't care how many weapons he has. At the end of the day, your number one position is quarterback. And if that, if, if a, a kid can come in here and run this offense, go through the bumps and bruises, find ways to win, that attests to your head coach. And so I know that he's a candidate for a coach of the year. Uh, I know Nick Serrani is a candidate for coach of the year. I know they want to give it to him probably because his team has won. And I tell you what, after we whip that ass on Sunday, he can have it. Because at the end of the day, my coach looking for Super Bowl rings. We want those rings. And do you remember how long it was two months ago where everybody was like, oh, man, Shanahan turns out it was Mike McDaniels. That was the genius behind everything. It was Mike McDaniel. It, Ooh, it was you got receipts. Yeah. Oh. What happened there? Yeah, I, it, it was hmm? he, he lost his whole coaching staff and two quarterbacks hmm? and just got better and just got better. Now, if you want to support the show, I just finished uh, the defensive breakdown this morning. The number one way. Patreon. Support the show. Feeds my family. That's what's up. Check it out. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash 49ers rush podcast. And as soon as you sign up, you get almost everything depending on the tier you pick. And if you're just interested in 49ers play, guess what? We have every single offensive, defensive, and special teams play from the last two and a half years. Football season may be over. But the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or fight for home playoff court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you, and the rest of your entry stays live. There's lots of bets. Stephen Curry, over 27.5 points. Draymond Green, will he make one three-pointer or no? Very easy things to bet. Download the app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the Prize Picks app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Every single game for the 49ers. Nobody else has this content. Now, not to mention we have extra episodes weekly. We've got scouting report breakdowns. We've got betting. We've got your one-stop shop for 49ers content. And if you want to be heard, guess what? We got Zoom Hangouts twice a month where we listen to you. Patreon.com slash 49ers Rush Podcast or just Google Patreon. And 49ers were the first one that shows up. Now, a couple other housekeeping items rather quickly. Uh, we are giving away an autographed Kyle Juszczyk jersey. Uh, all you got to do is follow our Twitter – or uh, sorry, our Instagram account, 49ers Rush Podcast. Eric has been crushing it over there. And For so sure. just trying to get a little bit more there. You want to win that jersey, go follow our Instagram account. That's all you got to do. We're going to announce the winner of that live as soon as the NFC Championship game is over. We'll be there. And then real quick, last thing. Um, before we get to more questions, we're not, we're not done just yet. Uh, we're hold, we're hosting a virtual tailgate party again. We did it last week and it was awesome. We had about 40 people showed up. We were playing drink roulette. Uh, we were drinking, we were having a great time. It was awesome. Uh, that starts 30 minutes before the show. Now, if you want to do that, it's completely free. If you follow the instructions in the description of this video, 
or podcast. It's called the Jan app, J-J-A-A-N-N. Uh, you just follow the code in the link below. It's easy. And when you show up, we have a great time. Bring your drink beverages of choice because we will be playing some drinking games as the games get started. All that kind of stuff goes on. Now, Wayne, Yo. this is the question that I want to talk to you about because everybody is talking about the Eagles this, the Eagles that. If you had to pick an X factor for the 49ers that you mm-hmm. think is going to show up and show big that perhaps people aren't expecting, who's somebody that comes to mind? It could be offense or defense or special teams, which is a legit part of the game. Robbie Gold was kind of it last week. But who's somebody that stands out to you as somebody that could show out for the 49ers this week in the NFC Championship? I mean, I think it's a guy we haven't really seen much of uh, like lately. And I know that the Eagles have uh, two all-pro cornerbacks. Uh, but don't get it twisted. There's going to be a dog out there on the field, and his name is Brandon Ayuk. And and here's the reason. Like, you haven't needed him, right? You haven't really needed him. Do you need him to get a first down? Do you need him to do this? Yes. But this might be a Brandon Ayuk game. And, 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 and the main reason is I just feel like he's going to come out there and his dog is bigger than any of the other dogs. Listen, I'm not going to sleep on Bradbury or Darius Slay. I think those guys are all, well, they're all pros for a reason. Uh, but look, watch out for Brandon Ayuk on the offense. Haven't seen him much lately. And it's not because of uh, defenses locking him down. It's just more Brock being more comfortable with some of the reads that he sees. And so right. when you get Brandon Ayuk crossing across the middle of the field, Expect him to keep those chains moving. I think Brandon Ayuk's going to have a pretty darn good day. And I'll say this. You know, I really thought they were going to go after Trayvon Diggs last week. They did it. He only targeted him one, one time. They one did time. run the ball at him a lot, and he yeah. jumped out of the way every time. Um, but, uh, you know, a couple other questions I want to get to. David, what's up, David? He says, CMC and Elijah Mitchell both not practicing today. Is it time to get nervous, or do we got this? Kyle Shanahan was just asked a very short time ago, what's the chance that CMC misses the NFC Championship game? To which Kyle Shanahan responded, zero. He's playing. Um, This is, you've got veterans that have dealt with a lot of workload, and you just want to keep them healthy. You had the calf contusion for CMC, which he played through. You had the irritated groin for Elijah Mitchell, which he played through. And you even got the guys behind him who we haven't seen too much of in the playoffs. And Jordan Mason, TDP, plus you got Debo. You know, he's having the ankle issue, but he's out there dancing. He was limited today. This is just all you're doing, all Kyle Shanahan's doing is just taking care of his people. That's, That's it. it. You, you're not implementing new plays and whatever else. They know the scheme. They know the plays. You're just resting them. That's all right. that you are doing. That's it. So outside of that, zero concern. Jimmy Garoppolo will not be playing this week. Possibility back up in the Super Bowl, but I still think that's kind of a long shot. Um, thoughts on Jimmy G and kind of where that is? Yeah, I mean, look, if the, if the even when the 49ers win, like Jimmy's probably, he's just he's just there until he's not. I don't think he plays again for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, he's not on the IR. Uh, you can't put him on the IR. Well, you can, but he's not on there. <laughs> um, he's not going to go on there. Uh, probably contractual reasons and things like that. Uh, but Jimmy is, uh, He, I think his time, uh, he served his time here with the faithful. Uh, I appreciate what Jimmy Garoppolo has done for the 49ers. But um, win, or, uh, win or lose, like this is, that, that was the end of Jimmy. Like Jimmy. Jimmy getting injured was the end of Jimmy's career here in San Francisco. I don't think we see him. I agree. Yeah, and the only way that he would be, he'll be the backup uh, for the Super Bowl. That's the best case uh, for him, which would be perfect. Uh, But, 
yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and I want the best for him. I really, really do. Like, I want him. Yeah, to Yeah, I mean, we, we both do. Like, you know, like, uh, great guy, great stand-up guy. Um, and he's done the faithful well, right? He, he's he's come here. He's won games. Uh, he's took it, he's taken us to a couple of NFC championships, was in the Super Bowl. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, he couldn't stay healthy. And that was the main reason why they drafted a quarterback in the first place because uh, they needed to look forward to the future. And so, look, Jimmy, we appreciate you. But uh, like like you said, John, unless there's a clear, you know, we win the Super Bowl, we get two weeks off, he's out there practicing, you probably won't see him. Yeah, I agree. Yatsik, he says, John, how do you think Kidlaw will do this game? You know, I thought last game was interesting because the first two plays of the game against the Cowboys, he had two great plays in a row. Uh, had a pressure on the quarterback, almost tipped it. Um, you blew up a play on the backside, like played great to start, and then just kind of got worse and worse and worse as it goes on. I think it's taken times. And if you look at Kevin Givens, very similar situation, he was the lowest graded player uh, for the 49ers defense. Like, he was getting pushed off the ball big time. So usually those two players, one will be successful because they're completely different styles. You have Kinlaw, that's the giant anchor behemoth of a man. And then you got Givens, that's your little slasher penetrator. It was very weird that both of them had a bad game together. Usually one will be good, one will be bad. Um, but you got to have them show up because Landon Dickerson, their left guard, Jason Kelsey's the best center of football. I think personally this is this is a problem with you know media. The best thing about the Eagles is not their defensive line. It's not their quarterback. It's not their wide receivers. It is their offensive line. It's the best in the NFL. And if people wanted to slam the 49ers to talk about a matchup that they are deficient in, that's where they should be talking. But they're not because they don't understand football. Um, so somebody's got to show up. That's not Nick Bosa. I, I, I counted one play on the defensive breakdown this morning where Bosa got hit by four offensive players in one play. In one play. Somebody's got to win their one-on-ones. I will say Eric Armstead looked really, really good. Um, so I'm hoping that it could continue. But, but I'd like Ken Law to do some more, for sure. And and going forward, like, in the future of the San Francisco 49ers, they have to find a Chris Jones. Uh, uh, what's the dude that plays for the Eagles? Um, Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox. They have to get a young bull. That's it. Find a bull that can rush the passer. From the inside, it's the only thing that to me that's their weakness. And a lot of people are like, Oh my gosh, we can't create pressures. No, we can't because they know we can only create pressure from the outside. So if they're finding ways to negate that, the inside can't get in there and get to that quarterback. It's giving like if you watch the game last week and you watch the film, Deck always had an extra second because nobody was in his face. Yeah, and then it's just like, dang, yo, we just the one person. Get in his face, man. It'll be totally different. Totally different game. And I'm hoping uh, they they thought that was going to be Ken Law. It's not Kevin Givens. Because when you go up against uh, uh, behemoths of offensive linemen like the Eagles, Kevin Givens will be a non-factor. Always. That's But he's a Pitt State kid. Going to Philly, you don't think give him a little extra juice? Hey, he better take as much extra juice as he can get. <laughs> He's going to have to get by them dudes and create some of those pressures. But again, not necessarily he's your starting defensive tackle. He's the guy that's supposed to come off the bench and give you that penetration, yeah. you know, quick 
move inside, boom, get around, bam, get to the quarterback. He can do that. That's the difference between, like, that's what we're missing in DJ Jones. I, I really feel like if the 49ers would have found a way to sign DJ Jones, we would not be having these issues. Now, DJ Jones couldn't stay healthy, but he was the penetrator as a pass rushing as a defensive tackle. And ever since then, we've been trying to figure it out. Yeah, shout out to Uncle Salty, man. Good friend. Uh, he says, man, we need to address the defensive tackle rotation next year. They already got a guy redshirt, Kalia Davis. Kalia Davis. He's he's redshirt. He, he's coming into the fold, and again, he is that penetrating type as well. Um, I mean, remember, that's a dude that played middle linebacker in college that eventually moved down to defensive tackle. Uh, Johnny Dell, Tyba Gill next season. Watch out. Man, they had Tyba Gill in there on – the goal line, which was hilarious. And he got blocked by three dudes. And I was like, why are they keying three dudes on Ty McGill? Uh, but it worked. Uh, that was the play they scored a touchdown on. But uh, whatever. I digress. Uh, shout out to Coach Reich. Uh, we got our first head coaching hire down in Carolina. Uh, Melissa says she doubts Jimmy Garoppolo goes there. Frank's been hurt by old QBs. Yeah, that's going to be a weird one. Um, you know, I like Frank Reich. I know that he is super, super religious. Um, like extreme religious, which is whatever. Uh, but like, I don't know. I don't know if him and Jimmy Garoppolo are going to be on that same page. I, I don't know. I know that's a big deal. And he's mentioned so many times in the past, you've got to kind of have that. Um, so, uh Oh, we, we got some issues with Wade. He'll jump back in, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen next year with Jimmy, but I, I want him to be successful and I want him to go to a good spot. And I think Frank Reich is a good coach. I'm uh, just not sure that's the best landing spot for him. I'm, I'm I'm telling you the Jets that that's where it should be. Um, yeah, sticking with interviews, uh, Niners fan since 1977 says, is it true our running back coach Lynn is being interviewed? He is as the OC of the commander's job. Um, now, a couple things I wanted to kind of dispel that I saw on Twitter. You do not get compensation picks if you have a, a you know, a, a what's it called? A head coach. Um on the other side, like if he gets hired as an offensive coordinator, what's up, Wayne? Welcome what's back, up? big dog. Uh, if you get hired as an offensive coordinator, you do not get compensation picks. You have to be the number one, the highest GM in personnel or the number one coach head coach. So if Anthony Lynn did get that position, it would not bring any compensation to the 49ers. Um, but I want Lynn, I want Lynn to stick around. That's just me. Um, that's just me. What are, what are your thoughts on Anthony Lynn? Wayne? Oh, is he froze? I think he's froze. It's either that or he's uh, he's having some connectivity issues, but that's okay. Um, now, I want to get to this question from Raymond. He emailed me. He says, I want to get your opinion on how to stop Jalen Hurts. Um, it seems to be the 49ers' defensive weaknesses have been mobile quarterbacks over the past few years. and that That's something that has bridged Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans. Uh, which I, I think that matters. Now, what I want to do, Jimmy Ward is key. I love what the 49ers did to the Cowboys. I really, really do. Uh, <laughs> Symmetry 7 says, Mannequin Challenge Breezy, he he won that ice cold. Ice cold. Um, what's cooler than cold? Ice cold, baby. Um, but what they did was they shot their ends, Bosa, Ebukam. They shot them straight in on the dive and looped their backers over. So they did a simple gap exchange to where Dak would be forced to keep it, and then you had a linebacker sitting there waiting. Eagles run that same RPO stuff. So I think you stay with that exact same plan. Crash your ends, linebackers over the top. Blitz five. And it, if you're only going to bring four, that's okay. Just have your... 
hook to curl defenders that drop into their zones, usually Dre Greenlaw, usually uh, Jimmy Ward, usually Fred Warner, face that dang quarterback and keep it tight in the middle so that you can kind of be in the hook to curl. You want to line that up over the guards, but still be able to spy to the outside. I don't know if that makes sense, but if you watch the film breakdowns, uh, this next kind of quarter, I think, or this next half of film that I break down tomorrow, I'll highlight some of those things for sure. Johnny, he says, this wide nine alignment creates space for the rush, also creates rush lanes for the quarterbacks. That is true. And Dak's biggest running play on third down, we brought five-man pressure. The problem was they all ran into each other and tripped. At the end of the play, we had three defensive linemen on the ground, and Dak ran right where they were supposed to be. And so... You got to keep your feet. You got to keep your lane because if they have five offensive linemen blocking, and if you bring five, guess what? There's still one gap that is there. And if they have five linemen blocking and you bring four, there's two gaps that are there. That's those two linebackers that line up, but they bail in coverage. So if you want to stop Jalen Hurts, rush lane integrity is huge. Make him force you. Make him beat you from the pocket. But really, as I keep diving into Jalen Hurts' numbers and film, he is terrible throwing on the run. His success comes in the pocket or running. He cannot run and throw. And so if you want to flush him from the pocket, that's fine. But you've got to make sure he's throwing whenever you flush him from the pocket. You can't allow him to step up through the defensive line, through that kind of you know crease there. That's where it has to change. Nick. What's up, man? He says, have you guys gone back and watched the film on the Washington versus Eagles game? They gave them their first loss. I think that should be enough there for the Niners to use this film. Look at what the commanders do. Very strong, stout defensive line. 49ers fit that. 49ers fit that. And if you look at the three teams that the Eagles lost to, 49ers beat them all. Commanders, Cowboys, Saints, right? And what do all three of those teams have in common? They're physical defenses. Well, guess what? The most physical defense in the NFL, I think Philly would probably be number two. 49ers, definitely number one there. Um, yeah. Melissa says, John and Clayton, do we see another Diamador Lenore interception this weekend making him three and three? Do you remember how short it was? I, I hate that Wade's, you know, internet's bothering him, but like, man, Demo got so much bad talk. All across all platforms and shows. Dudes come out and just play lights out. Back-to-back games with an interception. Absolutely incredible. Um, I freaking love it. I love it. And here we go. We got Wade back. Let's see if this works. What's up, Wade? How we doing? You won the mannequin challenge, by the way. I don't know if you know that. I won. I was looking like... like You're just like... <laughs> this is so funny, yo. Like, the internet just must have went out in the area, I guess. It just... That's the way it goes, man. Man. I got I got mouse problems. You got internet problems. We're just yeah. we're fighting through it. Yeah, I know. I know Comcast gonna give me thirty dollars back though. I know that for sure. <laughs> Wade gets what Wade wants, man. Oh I yes, sir. So the most recent question was about Debo. Um, is there gets, he gets uh, three interceptions in three straight playoff games? Ah man, that, that wouldn't that be crazy? Listen, they're they're not really targeting him, which is weird but then and then they'll target him on a play like the one like this game like the past game right i don't know if there was a it was a miscommunication i'm just going to chalk it up to that because he was stuck in a position and he just didn't get out and it was ended up being a big play on him right so like they're gonna they're gonna try to take advantage of his youth 
like as far as his mindset. But I tell you what, he's a dog, man. He shakes it off. And and that was after the interception. So yeah, I think he'll get another one. He's I, not I, a dog. He is a hyena. He's a hyena. That which is a type type of dog, though. Rough, rough. There we go. That's self-proclaimed hyena now. That was okay. his nickname. Okay. Oh, I freaking Hi- love it, man. Isn't hyena a type of dog? <laughs> Say I think it again. So. Mufasa. <laughs> yeah, Cheech Marin was a Whoopi Goldberg. And I forget Whoopi, who the uh, third one Bob, was. Bob, wasn't it Bob? No. Uh, Who's the dude that played at Police Academy? That wasn't one of them? It might have been. It might have been. Bob I know Bowie? it was Cheech Marin and Whoopi. Okay. I don't know who the third one was. But okay. uh, <laughs> my baby. Thank you, Uncle Salty. But, man, I'm feeling really good about this matchup. Probably better than I should. And part of me, like... All right, I'm just going to be real. This is what it should be. If the NFL was putting its best product on the field this week, I think they absolutely nailed it We for the AFC and NFC. It's the best two teams of the conference. There were no Jaguars upsets or, you know, the Vikings. I know their record was whatever. They never belonged. Like, this is great football. If we would have lost to the Cowboys – I would have been absolutely decimated and destroyed. I would have been depressed. It would have been bad. But the Eagles, not to say that we're going to lose that game, but like this is the true matchup. That's what I'm trying to say. Like this is where it should be. This is a pure matchup. Best team wins. There's great team. Both teams are just absolutely lights out. But this is what it should be. You got to beat the best to be the best. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if is it resonating at all? Because, like, the Eagles are great. They deserve to be here. They deserve to be in the Super Bowl. There's just one thing staying in their way, and that's the 49ers. So, on a confidence scale, 1 to 10, Wayne Breezy, where do you see the 49ers getting this dub at? 1 to 10, 10 being locked up, 0 being no chance. Oh, it's a 7. It's a 7. Ooh. It's a 7. It's a seven. Let me let me just remind everybody out there, even the Eagles fans, okay? The 49ers are the rock of Gibraltar. Just want to put that out there. You're going to have to go through us to get to your Super Bowl, Philly. And good luck getting through this rock because that's exactly what it, it is. Now, it. the 49ers don't have a rock of Gibraltar. The 49ers just go out there and do what they do each and every week. That's finding ways to adjust, executing their game plan, and coming out victorious. It doesn't matter who they have to play. Remember last week they said, oh, they never played a team like Dallas. It's going to be the toughest defense. And it it looked like it was one of the toughest defenses that we played for a young guy named Brock Purdy. And I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo would have been able to do much more because Brock had to extend some plays and make stuff happen. But I will say that in order for the Eagles to get to the Super Bowl, they got to get through this rock, baby. And it's going to be almost damn near impossible. Because when the 49ers put the clanks down, the clamps down, it's a problem. I'm telling you, man. I'm confident. I'm confident at the seven. And 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 here's why. People are like, well, why are you not higher? Higher? Uh, it's because because of 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 the run pass option. Simple. I I don't know how to defend it. And and clearly the 49ers struggle with it. Go back to week one. Like week one is when we had to see it the most. Chicago Bears probably ran the, the run pass option probably the majority percentage of their plays. And Justin Fields was able to make plays and extend plays. And remember that big pass he hit because somebody had a brain fart in on, on the defense. <laughs> and so, like, that's what we don't want to see. 
I personally want to see the 49ers keep Jalen Hurts inside that pocket and make him throw. If he beats you deep, good. That's what quarterback's supposed to do. But don't make him let him or allow him to run outside that pocket because you want to over-pursue a run that you think is a run. Next thing you know, he's keeping the ball. He's running out to the side. Like, come on. We got and we, we got to keep containment. If we're not going to spy, I don't think the 49ers do a lot of spying. But we've got to contain this particular They do team. a hybrid version of it where the linebackers drop in their hook-to-curl zone, which yeah. is short. And but watch the quarterback, mm. and so it's 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 a little bit of a mix. Now we blitz spy, and what we'll do is the delayed blitz from mm-hmm. the edge. So we'll we'll what we do is we'll slant all the defensive line to the left, and then we'll bring Jimmy Ward or Demo or Charvarius Ward or Tolano Hufunga mm-hmm. off that extra side. So they'll shift everything this way, and then this comes off the extra side, and so it's almost like a run gap blitz, but it's designed to. Kind of, you know, yeah, here we go. Johnny right here. He always bringing the the knowledge. It's a vision technique, right? It's all about what you watch. You know, whenever I was coaching, we had 67, 60s and 70s series. Our, our 60s series was, hey, you're reading the wide receiver as mm-hmm. corners and safeties and whatever. 70s series, you look at the damn quarterback the whole time. Uh, and we would do that a lot of times if it was a mobile quarterback. And so that's kind of where that was. Um but no, I, I think, and I want, I want you guys put in the chat, what's your confidence level of this game? And be honest with yourself. Uh, 10 being, we got this, it's on lock. Uh, one being, not feeling too good. I'd say the media is putting this at a three or a four for the yeah, 49ers. Very low. Maybe not even a three or four. I feel like they're not really giving us a chance, and I don't get it. Like, how do you – like, how can the number one defense in the NFL be a fluke? Every other number one defense we watch played in over the years that I've been watching football has never been a fluke. So why is it that the 49ers' number one defense, how is that so much of a fluke? The Philadelphia uh, Eagles don't even have the number one offense in the league. It's, it's, it's top, but it's not the best. And so, like, how can the media overlook? Shout out, You know what? A lot of people don't give him credit. Shout out to Stephen A. Smith because he feels like that's the key to this game. The defense will continue to play that the way that they've been playing. They've been shutting teams down. And lately, since toward the end of the season, they've been giving up, what, 20-plus points per game opposed to that 13 to 17 number, all right? And that's going to happen. Attrition people getting tired, like injuries, like little things setting in, you know. But it's been to don't break. So the defense is going to have to figure out ways to, uh, like, keep them out of the end zone, which I feel like they can do. They're going to give up a couple of big plays. Right. But keep them out of the end zone. And now, now, this is the one game the 49ers offense can't look like missable. Like, they got to come out guns blazing and put touchdowns on the board. Now they're on the road. That field goal stuff ain't going to work. No, you got to get points. Now, this game could be weird. And again, I've said this before. I I get pretty conservative of my betting whenever you get to the playoffs just because it's always weird stuff happens. They're a good offense. There's no doubt about it. But so were the Cowboys. Do you remember everybody saying, well, the Cowboys just blew out the Bucks in the playoffs and scored 40 plus? You scored 12 points on us. 12. They ain't even scored 40. They had 38 points. 34 we points. Have. We scored 40, right? Yeah, they we have 41. 30. They had 34. Uh, mm-hmm. 34 to 13, if I'm not mistaken. They couldn't even they couldn't even score 40 on the books. The Niners mm-hmm. did. Look, I'll say this, and we're gonna wrap up this show real quick. But I want to say this. Ever since Brock Purdy has showed up, I've had a very and I think everybody has had a really difficult time explaining and putting words 
to kind of encapsulate what he has done. And I keep going back to the same thing. Just enjoy it. Enjoy this. This is different. This doesn't happen. This is weird. I'm telling you this right now. You're going to be enjoying this for another three weeks. This is not where the, the, the ride ends. It's not. Not that the Eagles aren't good enough to beat the 49ers. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just telling you, sometimes destiny is on your side, and this is almost too damn amazing a story to end now. You push all the chips in. You know what I mean? And so, you, man, I'm feeling confident. You said seven. I like seven. My head says seven. My heart says nine. And I get it. Like, it's it's we get passionate. We're fans, all that stuff. I love it. Slavic, thank you. He says, eight to nine weeks ago, you asked me how many remaining regular seasons Brock is going to win. I said five. I remember this because I said three. I said three. I I I want to say it again. I remember not. I I said we weren't going to lose, like, period. I I knew we were going to win 13 games. I didn't care who was the quarterback. Like, I just knew that the 49ers were going to win. I didn't know it was going to be Brock. You know, so that's a different conversation you having. But I knew that the 49ers were going to find a way to, to not lose. And they did. They did exactly that. Niners are going to beat the Eagles. My answer is 10. I'm sticking with Slavic because he nailed it. I said three out of five. He said five out of five. Wayne said five out of five. I'm just saying, man. Matt, oh, what's up, man? See you in Arizona. I freaking yes, love it. Um, yes, uh, Thomas, I'm going to put some bets out. I'm still doing a lot of film and research um just before i jump in because i, I want to know the eagles a little bit more defensively and offensively trying to find some tendencies so yes uh the bets will be up on patreon but i still haven't placed anything yet this week so i'm still waiting right there uh but yes they will be up i probably i'm not traveling this week so i got a little bit of extra time um i like to usually wait just to see all the practice reports and injury reports and things like that but they will be up uh love it wayne you are the best there is tomorrow morning yes sir we'll be back we're gonna right. tomorrow, so tomorrow morning we'll be on the Wayne Breezy show, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time That's in the 8 description Pacific Standard Time. All right, and John is going to tell you how we are going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. We're gonna break down the game, we're gonna break down the offenses, the defenses. John's gonna give you a couple of key matchups to watch out for. My favorite matchup is going to be my man Aaron Banks going up against Fletcher Cox. I think that's gonna be fire. Me personally, old versus new, baby. 34 versus, versus 25, oh I think. Gosh, yes. Like, I'm telling you, man, uh, Father Time will set in for some team, and it ain't going to be the Niners. They're young. So here we go. So, like, it's going to be a great show tomorrow. Make sure you guys tune in. You don't want to miss John's rant. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm going to prepare it tonight whenever I get hungry, and I don't have food, and I'm angry, and yeah, I'm going to start I'm writing angry. it out. Yes. I'm just saying I'm like that most of the day. You know how I get a lot of attitudes when we're out on the trip? <laughs> you want to know why? It's because I'm freaking hungry, bro. Like, I realize I flip out when I don't get my blood sugar taken care of, bro. I got to I gotta just pack, like, a whole thing of Snickers. You know, like, the Avengers where they're like, what's your secret, yes. Hulk? And he's like, he turned it around, like, all oh, cool. I'm always angry. Uh-huh. Like, that's me, but just food. Like, I'm just always hungry, man. <laughs> it, it don't matter, man. Yo, I be flipping out for no reason. John be like, Breezy, your shoe's untied. What the f- do you mean my shoes are untied? Why didn't you tie my shoes? You saw my shoes not untied. You just couldn't tie it for me. Like, yo, sorry, John. I just look like this. I'm just like, 
I just, your shoe, I, I didn't do your I shoes. I didn't do it. <laughs> I won't tell you next time, Wayne. All right. Anyway, that's our show. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you, Clayton. Absolute blast. This week, we are still bringing it nonstop. Join us tomorrow morning, Wayne Breezy Show, in the description of this video slash podcast. You are the best there is. But until next time, stay strong, faithful. Mm-hmm.